0: Oh no!
1: الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة in وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد brothers and sisters in Islam one of the most
2: spiritually intimate acts of worship that we have in our religion, which helps us to mend the relationship, which helps to mend the relationship between man and his creator and builds a sense of self-awareness within the believer, trying to navigate the challenges that the soul encounters along this journey that we call the human experience is the act of worship known as Toba. We usually... Translate the word Toba as repentance. We translate Toba loosely as repentance, which has colloquial connotations that at sometimes can leave an individual feeling like a complete failure. We say to people, You need to make Toba, and we say it in a way where we're highlighting the mistake instead of the process that the person has to go through by which he can bounce back even higher than he was before he actually made the mistake. Tawbah is not
1: an indicative of a deficiency in the individual. Shaykhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimallahu ta'ala, he said, نَقْصًا بَلْ هِيَ مِنْ أَفْضَلُ كَمَّالَاتٍ Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala أَخْبَرَ عَنْ an أَنْبِيَائِهِ بِالْتَوْبَةِ عَنْ آدَمْ
2: وَنُوحْ wa وَغَيْرِهِمْ ibn Taymiyyah ta'ala, he said laysat yani that tawbah repentance, the process of tawbah is not indicative of a deficiency in the human being. Meaning sin is not an indicative that you are a failure. Making mistakes is not indicative of a deficiency in you as a human being. He said rather, Toba, the process of repentance, is from the greatest ways to perfect your human experience as a human being. He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed us in the Qur'an that many of his prophets, some of the greatest of his creation, the greatest men that have ever walked this earth, that they themselves made Toba, from Adam to Nuh to Ibrahim to Musa and other than them. When we are discussing matters of the soul, matters of the human experience, matters related to the relationship between man and his creator, it is, very, uh, it is a very delicate matter and it must be discussed with a language of mercy and compassion, not a language of pun- that is one that is punitory and retributive. Oftentimes when we speak about toba, we speak about sin, we speak about it in a manner in which it's punitory, that Allah is going to punish you, Allah is going to do this to you. And you put people in fear, you put people on defense, you lead people sometimes to abandon the process of returning back to Allah out of fear that this process is an indicative of some deficiency that is in them as an individual. When we discuss matters of the soul, we discuss matters of religion, we should discuss matters of deen in a language that is one of mercy and compassion. Why else would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send Musa and his brother Harun to one of the greatest oppressors known to man, Fir'aun. But he sent Harun and Musa in the language of mercy to someone like Fir'aun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, ba would A'udhu Billahi in shaitan or rajim
1: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, lahu subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah subhanahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
2: said, Go you, Musa, and Harun, to Fir'aun, innahu tagha. He has transgressed all boundaries. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what? lahu kolin layinin." And speak to him a kind word. Not a harsh word, a kind word. Human beings respond to mercy and compassion differently than they respond to punishment, punitory language, retributive language. We don't respond well to that accusatory language. We don't respond well to that. But when you speak to us in a manner of mercy and compassion, the heart naturally inclines towards that. We were nurtured in a place of mercy. The womb in Arabic is called Ar-Rahim, which is the same derivative of the word Rahmah. The womb is a place of mercy. We were cultivated and nurtured in a place of mercy. We come out into the world looking for mercy. Inclining towards people that show us mercy and compassion. That's our nature as human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, lahu, kolin Say to Fir'aun. So the next time you speak to your spouse, whether husband to wife or wife to husband, I'm not as worse as Fir'aun and you're not better than Musa. Allah told Musa to speak to Fir'aun in a language of mercy and compassion. So when you address me, address me with mercy and compassion. My sin is not as great as Fir'aun, and you're not better than Musa. I hope that we understand that. We want the hearts to move, we want the souls to move, then use what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent His prophets and messengers with, the language of mercy, lughat tarahma, rahmah lughat the language of mercy, the language of compassion, if you want to see results in an individual. Stop using this, this, this pole that we use to prod an individual, this shiddah, we are using uh, harshness in a place that it doesn't belong. Harshness in a place that it doesn't belong, which is why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "Inna Allaha ala, 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 ala rifq, ma la yu'ti ala al-umf. That Allah will give in a situation that has mercy, what He will not give in a, situ- a situation where there is no mercy. Meaning Allah will give success in a situation where mercy is used, where mercy and compassion is employed, unlike He will give success to a situation where it's just hardship, roughness, and no mercy. Consequently, many of us, we tend to view Tawbah, the process of Tawbah, through the lens of a ritualistic process of simply atoning for a sin, and not an opportunity to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the mistakes that we've made. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, understanding that mistakes are part of our maturation, mistakes are part of our human experience. The Prophet ﷺ said, Kullu Adam wa that all of the children of Adam are sinners. All of them make mistakes, all of them are sinners. And the best of those who sin are those who embark upon the path of tawbah the path of repentance, the path of turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So understand that making mistakes is part of our human experience, it's part of our maturation process. And the best of those who make mistakes are those who embark upon the path of Tawbah, forgiveness, seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah commands us in the Qur'an to turn to Him, to leave off sin and turn back to Him from these sins that separate us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says in the Qur'an, in Allah, he jemmy and Ayuhel Muminoon. What Tubu in Allah, he jemmy and Ayuhel Muminoon, Allah, and Lakum Tuflehon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and turn Tubu, that's a command from Allah, turn all of you, all of you who believe. Turn all of you in repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Perhaps you will be successful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who embark upon the journey of tawbah, of repentance. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is aware that we are creatures of habit. Bani Adam, we are creatures of habit and at times to our own detriment. We create habits around people and around things that pull us and separate us from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The Prophet said that Allah Subhanahu Wa
1: Taala says, He said, "O
2: oh son of Adam, I created you for me." Mentioned this hadith before, so powerful. O son of Adam, I created you for me. And I created everything else for you. So based upon my right over you, do not preoccupy yourself with the things that I created for you instead of the one whom I created you for. We create habits around people and things that separate us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why Allah loves those who turn towards Him, those who turn back from sin, those who turn back from sinful people, and turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the pain that is associated with those who rip themselves, literally pull themselves from sinful lifestyles, from sinful people to turn back in this process back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to detach ourselves from sins and mistakes and turn back to Him, Allah is aware of this process, which is why the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ashaddu farhan bi tabati abdihi hina yatubu ilayhi min ahdikum kana ala rahilatihi bi ardin fella. Fen fella tat minhu wa alayha toa wa alayha toaamahu wa shraba huu fa minha fa ata shajaratin fa fi diliha. فَبَيْنَمَا هُوَ كذلك إِذْ هُوَ بِهَا قَائِمَ عِنْدَ رَأْسِهِ فَأَخْذَ بِخِطَامِهَا ثُمَّ يَبُولُ مِنْ شِدَّةِ الْفَرَحِ اللهم أنت عَبْدِي وَأَنَا رَبُّكَ أخطا مِنْ شِدَّةِ الْفَرَحِ The Prophet ﷺ said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أَشَدُّ فَرَحًا That Allah is extremely happy. Extremely happy with the Tawbah of His servant. With the repentance of His servant when he turns to him in repentance then one of you if you were out in the middle of a desert with a camel and all of your belongings attached to that camel all of your provision for your journey your food your drink attached to that camel and you lay down to go to sleep only to wake up that the camel is gone you're in the middle of the desert all of your provision on the camel only to wake up and find it gone and then you you run frantically east and west left and right searching for this camel with your provision on it only to be unsuccessful and find yourself under the shade of a tree to go to sleep and wake up again and find the camel standing right in front of you look at the socio cultural context the Prophet ﷺ is giving us an example to bring us closer to understand how happy Allah is with the Toba, with the repentance of His servant, using metaphors, right? Using parables to get us to draw us closer. Because when you say Allah is extremely happy, perhaps you don't understand language. Perhaps you don't understand what that means. So the Prophet sallallahu has given us a parable to bring us closer to understanding how happy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the Tawbah, with the repentance of his servant. One of you in the middle of the desert lose all of your belongings and go to sleep and then wake up only to find the camel with all of your belongings on it right in front of you. And he, and he grabs the camel by the reins and he says because of being extremely happy Allahumma anta abdi wa ana, ana rabbuk Oh Allah you are my slave and I am your Lord. Because he was so happy, so excited. That excitement, that happiness, that, that individual experience, Allah is even more happy with you when you repent to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is even more happy with you when you turn to him in repentance. Then you have to ask yourself, why? Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so happy with the repentance of his servant? And the scholars, they explain that the reason why is not because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in need of our repentance. Not because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in need of our deeds. The scholars, they say, That Allah is not in need of our deeds. He's not in need of our repentance. Ghani that Allah is not in need of His creation. One of Allah's names is Al-Ghani. He is all self-sufficient. He is not in need of His creation. He said, But Allah is extremely happy with the repentance of His servant because now Allah gets to show you how generous and how forgiving He is, and that is why He's happy. Allah loves to forgive, Allah loves to have mercy, Allah loves to show His creation how generous He is, as the Prophet taught Aisha to say in Ramadan that when you find Laylatul Qadr you should say Allahumma innaka afuun kareem tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna Oh Allah you are afu you are forgiving and you are kareem and you are generous tuhibbul afwa and you love to forgive Fafu anni, so forgive me Allah loves to forgive Allah loves to show His, His creation how merciful He is any opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gets to show you how compassionate He is to show you how merciful He is to show you Subhanahu wa ta'ala, how generous He is, He does so. Which is why He is so happy when you repent, because now He gets an opportunity to show you how generous He is, how merciful He is. A ilahumma Allah. Is there another God that you know of besides Allah? Allah asked this question repeatedly in the Qur'an. A ilahumma Allah. Is there another God that you know besides Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala, that can do this? Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَقْبَلُ التَّوْبَةَ عَنْ عِبَادِهِ عَنْ وَيَعْلَمُ مَا تَفْعَلُونَ Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says in Surah Tashura that He is the one who accepts the repentance of His servants and He forgives them for their sins and He knows exactly what they do. This example of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being extremely happy is not mentioned about any other act of worship in Islam except Tawbah. There's no other hadith, there's no other narration that mentions Allah being extremely happy with an action of His servant like Tawbah. Showing you its place in our religion. Islam <laughs> قال بعض الصنف لو لم تكون أحب أشياء إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى لما ابتلي بالذم أكرم الخلق إليه يعني آدم عليه السلام وكثير من الأنبياء فمحبته سبحانه وتعالى لتوبة عبده ابتلاه ابتلاهم, ابتلاهم بالذم الذي يجب الوقوع محبوبه من وزيادة محبته لعبده الإسلام رحمه الله said now one of the scholars of the past said that if Toba was not the most beloved act to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he wouldn't have tested some of the greatest men. Some of the greatest of men from his creation wouldn't have tested them with sin like Adam and the rest of the prophets and messengers. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves them. So He allows them to fall into mistakes so that they turn to Him in repentance so He can love them even more than He loved them before. Ziyadat to mahabbatihi So that Allah can love you even more. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sin, brothers and sisters, it humbles you. Sin humbles you. There's an element of humility that is attached to sin and allows you to propel yourself or p- position yourself to a higher place than you were before you made the mistake within yourself as well as with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu he taught Abu Bakr when he came to him and said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, I and I in salati. teach me a dua that I can make in my salah. And the Prophet ﷺ told Abu Bakr to say, "Allahumma inni zlamtu nafsi zulmin kathira, walla yakhfiru zanuba illa anta, faghfirli makhfiratan min andika wa rahmani innaka antal ghafurur rahim." He said, "O oh Abu Bakr, say, O oh Allah, I have oppressed myself severely by committing sin, and none forgive sins except You. So forgive me and have mercy upon me, for indeed You are Ghafurur Rahim. You are All Forgiving and Most Merciful." Why did the Prophet teach Abu Bakr this du'a out of all of the supplications he could have taught him to make? He taught him this du'a because he knew that Abu Bakr was destined for greatness. He knew that Abu Bakr was going to be the Khalifa after his demise. And the first step to teaching a person how to be a leader is teaching him to be humble. Humility will take you a long way. Humility will raise you, not your resources, not your intellect, not your financial connections. All of these things are just resources. The main source of a person's lift, uh, um, a person's ascension in any realm, is his humility before Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The Prophet sallallahu said, "Men ta'wa'ah alilah rafaahu Allah taala. Whoever humbles himself before Allah, Allah will raise you in degrees." Which is why when Abu Bakr became the Khalifa, his first khutbah, he got up and he said, "Amma baat, أَيُّهَا nas O people, inni wulitu alaykum wa عَلَيْكُمْ bi khairikum." I was placed over you, but that does not mean that I am the best from amongst you. That does not mean because I'm here and you're there, that I'm better than you. He learned the lesson that the Prophet ﷺ was trying to teach him, and he used it through having a person acknowledge their mistakes. ابن قيم رحمه الله تعالى، فإذا أراد الله سبحانه وتعالى بهذا العبد خيراً، ألقاه في ذم يكسره به ويعرف قدره ويكف به إباده شره ويستخرج منه داء العجب والكبر والمنة عليه وعلى إباده، فيكون هذا ذم أنفع له من كثير من الطاعات. انتهى كلامه رحمه الله تعالى. ابن قيم رحمه الله تعالى كلام نفيس، كلام so beautiful. He said that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants good for his servant, then he allows you to fall into mistakes that will break you. Break you. Break your spirit. <laughs> so that you can acknowledge your level, your true level. Because we got it all figured out until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us. You got it all figured out. You see Jenna right in front of you Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows some challenges to come your way And then you realize at that moment I put my affairs in the hands of Allah I don't have it all figured out I thought I did Many of us as new converts We come into the religion And we take off like a rocket We got it all figured out Until two, three years into your deen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests you And then you realize at that moment that you're not who you thought you were. Overestimating yourself, underestimating Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said that if Allah wants good for His servant, that if Allah wants good for you, He allows you to fall into a sin that will break your spirit and allow you to acknowledge your true level and suffice the rest of His servants from your sin or your mistake. He said, and by that mistake, minka da al-ujab." And by this mistake, Allah will remove from you the, the disease of, 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 of self-aggrandizement and kibir and arrogance. Because you realize that you're not who you thought you were. Some of us cover over our sins and still come out with, a, with our game face on as if we're perfect. Everything you do to the, in the dark does come to the light whether in your own personal world or the rest of the world at large. We put on our game face and come out in front of the community as if we're perfect, pointing out everybody else's faults and mistakes as if you don't have some of your own. But the true person realizes that I'm a sinner just like you. And who am I in a position to be judging anybody else? I've learned my lesson. I've made my share of mistakes. And I've learned from that not to be judgmental uh, of people because of the mistakes they made because perhaps this is Allah's way of humbling you. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's way of humbling you. He said, so in this instance, sin actually works out better for him than many acts of obedience, many acts of worship. Because the more acts of worship we do, the more we start, and more arrogant we become. But when you fall into sin and it breaks your spirit and you realize that you're not who you thought you were, then the sin is actually better for you than the acts of worship that you would have done. Failure, brothers and sisters, is life's fertilizer for our hearts. Failure is life's fertilizer for our heart because it humbles you for the greatness that you will, inshallah, attain later on. Umar ibn al-Khattab عنه, he said, اجلسوا إلى التائبين فإنهم أرقوا أفئدة Umar he said, sit with those who have made Toba, because they have the softest hearts. Sit with those who have made mistakes and repented from their mistakes. They have the أرقوا أفئدة, they have the softest hearts because they realized that at some point in their lives they really thought that they were on to something. And then, when you fall into sin, you fall into a, smi- a mistake. It makes you sit back and realize, self-assessment, that I'm not who I thought I was. We have to learn to respect the process. Respect the process of tawbah. Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, said, "Wa Adam taba wa anaba ila Allahi Jalalahu 'ala, fataba Allahu 'ali, fajtabahu wa anzalahu ila al لِيَعْمَلَ فِيهَا بِطَاعَتِهِ فَيَرَفَعْهُ اللَّهُ بِذَلِكَ دَرَجَتَهُ وَيَكُونُ دُخُولُهُ الْجَنَّةِ بَعْدَ هَذَا أَكْمَلْ مِنْ مَكَانَةً Ibn Taymiyyah رحمه الله تعالى he said that Adam عليه السلام Taba, he turned to Allah and repented from the mistake that he made and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the mistake he made and the repentance Allah chose him as a prophet and Allah sent him down on the earth to do the acts of worship so that Allah will raise him higher than he was before he left Jannah. So when Adam and his progeny enter into Jannah, القيامة, we will be in a higher place in Jannah than what Adam started off in. See how that works? You see how your mistake propels you? if you allow it to, if you respect the process, it propels you to a higher level. Some people run away from Tawbah. Oh, I'll repent later. Oh, I'll do it later. Putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, simply because you don't respect the process. You want to be greater. You want what Allah subhanahu, the opposite of what Allah says in the Badr Usri Yusra, that after difficulty wants ease. You want ease without difficulty. We want the opposite. Allah says inna ba'da usri yusra After difficulty comes ease. We want the opposite way around. We want ease without difficulty. We want to have high iman, high faith and brag about what we own and what we not upon without putting in any work. Respect the process. This is a process that we have to go through. Adam made the mistake. He turned to Allah in repentance and Allah chose him as a prophet sent him down on earth, what might seem like a punishment, but in fact, by doing good deeds, him and his progeny will enter into paradise from a higher place than he was when he started. SubhanAllah. In the Islamic community, in my own personal experience, in the Islamic community, there's an element of shame and disgrace that is attached to the process of toba. We shame brothers and sisters, some of our own children, I know brothers, years ago, disowned their children because they got a tattoo, or she got pregnant by a non-Muslim, by a Kafir, and we just disown these children. And these are the same Muslim children with all of these Muslim names, tatted up, partying, drinking, doing all of the things that we see on Instagram, and they come from solid roots. They come from Muslim families, but they were disowned by their families. Chased away from making toba. We didn't ease that process for them. We overlooked our faults and mistakes and saw them through the lens of this this falsified image that we have of our children. They're human beings, they're going to make mistakes. But to disown your daughter because she got pregnant by a Kafir or she got pregnant by a Muslim. Or we scramble and try to hurry up and get her married so the community won't know about it. No. You're going to go through the process that you have to go through. Make Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if it's a shame, a badge of shame on our family, we'll take that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise us higher if we go through the process of Tawbah. Stop trying to circumvent the process. We we constantly will hurry up and try to marry them all to salvage the honor of the family and the community. La Wallahi, no you're not marrying him. We'll take that on the chin, it's a mistake and we'll learn from that, we'll grow from that. You're not marrying my daughter to somebody because she made a mistake. That's not even love, the marriage is going to crumble anyway. Anything that starts off on disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will end on disobedience to Allah. How you want to take something haram, the asl, the foundation of it is haram and turn it into something halal? Without going through the process of toba, obviously if they both repent and they both make toba to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely then quite naturally then putting them together in that situation would probably work out for them. But we're not going to put these two together just to kind of save face in the community, la wallahi. Stop circumventing the process, this is part of our maturation as a community, part of our maturation as individuals in the community. But there's a, you know, a, a degree and element of shame and disgrace that is attached to the process of toba, which leaves many to wallow in their state of sin. We should highlight the mercy and compassion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the exceptional status of those brave and resilient souls who make mistakes and dare to embark upon the journey to repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu gave us a beautiful example. In al Ghamidiyya, this woman who during the time of the Prophet sallallahu committed adultery. The Prophet is sitting in the masjid with a group of his companions, Kibar al Sahaba, some of the major figures from iconic figures from the Sahaba. And this woman walks right up to him and says, O Messenger of Allah, indeed I committed zina, I committed adultery. So purify me with the punishment of Islam. The Prophet, his face became red out of embarrassment and he turned away from the woman. And the woman walked on the other side of him and stood in front of him and she said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, I see what you're doing. I know you want to send me back like you did with Ma'iz, which was another companion who previously came to the Prophet ﷺ and said the same exact thing. And the Prophet turned him away, told him, you know, do you even know what Zina is? Sent someone to go find out whether the guy was majnun, whether there was any, you know, mental disorders in his family. Smelled his breath to see if he was drunk. Giving him all types of excuses to keep his sin between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This woman, she said, no. She said, I see what you're doing. You're trying to to return me back just like you did with Mattis. She said, but I'm different than Mattis. She said, I'm pregnant. I'm married. I'm pregnant by someone that's not my husband. You have no other option but to deal with this. So the Prophet told the woman, "Go have the child and then come back." The mercy of the Prophet ﷺ, rahmatan lil a mercy for all mankind. This wasn't a mercy for the woman. This was a mercy for the child. Go back and have the child, and then come back. And the woman could have went to the desert. She could have went somewhere else. She didn't have to come back. She went. She had the baby. She came back. Say, "Messenger of Allah, purify me from my sin." The Prophet ﷺ told her, Go back and breastfeed the child. The breastfeeding period, the maximum is two years. Go back and breastfeed the child and then come back. The woman went and breastfed the child until she weaned him off of the breast. The day she weaned him off the breast, she gave him a piece of bread and brought him back to the Prophet and said, "O oh, Messenger of Allah, he's eating bread now. Tahirni, purify me from my sin. And the Prophet ﷺ told one of the Sahaba, Whoever takes care of this orphan child, then he will be with me in Jannah like this and he held up his two fingers like this take care of this child and so one of the sahaba stood up and said I'll take care of the child O Messenger of Allah the Prophet had the woman's garment wrapped so when she fell her her body wasn't exposed and commanded the sahaba to stone her one of the sahaba Khalid ibn Walid he couldn't be patient with the process so he took a boulder and he smashed the woman's head with the boulder so hard that blood splattered on the face of Khalid ibn Walid and on his forehead. And as he wiped the, the blood off of his face, he began to insult the woman, you zaniya, you adulteress! curse you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, ya Khalid." He said, relax Khalid, take it easy Khalid. He said, فَإِنَّهَا قَتَّابَ تَوْبَةٍ عَلَى سَبْعِينَ مِنْ أَهْلَ لَكَفَتْهُمْ she said. He said, Wallahi, that this woman repented with a sincerity that was so great, that if her repentance, if 70 of you in Medina were to do what she did, her repentance would be enough to cover 70 of you. He said, as Umar said to the Prophet ﷺ, ya Rasulullah wa He said, Oh Messenger of Allah, are you going to pray over this woman after she committed adultery? You see the, the shame that is attached to sin? And every time the Prophet ﷺ confronted it with mercy. Khalid cursed her, the Prophet ﷺ raised in his eyes and in the eyes of the community how sincere her toba was, concentrating more on the process of her toba than the mistake that she made. He said, that she repented with a sense that her repentance was so sincere that if 70 of you were to do what she did, it would cover 70 of you. You wouldn't even need to make tawbah because hers would be sufficient for you. That's how sincere her tawbah was. Then when he stood to pray over her, Umar said, O oh, Messenger of Allah to Salih wa zanat, you gonna pray over this woman after she committed adultery? The Prophet said to Umar, Ya Umar. He said, Umar, do you know of a repentance that was more sincere and greater than a woman who came with her own soul and sacrificed it to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do you know of a tawbah better than that? Respect the process. That although you see her in one light, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, she's in another light. So yes, there's a a sense of shame and, you know, of, of, of disgrace that is attached to sin. But if we understand the process of toba, that we're all work in process. Every single one of us right now is under construction. Allah's construction. Allah's not done with you yet, so don't judge me. Judge me when I die. Judge me when I'm gone. Don't judge me now because I'm still work in process. And even after I'm gone, you still can't judge me because you don't know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to do with me. As a matter of fact, you need to be more concerned with what Allah is going to do with you. BarakAllahu li wa lakum fi quran al-Azim wa nafa'ami wa iyaakum bima jaa fihi
1: min al-Ayati wa al al-Hakim. Aqru ma tasma'um, astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa lisa'il al muminin min kulli them, faastaghfiruhu innahu huwa al-Ghafuru Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman ar rahim Maliki Yawm
2: Al-Deen, Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een,
1: Ihdina Sirata Al-Mustaqeen, Sirata ladina lathina Anamta Alayhim, Ghayral Maqlubi Alayhim Ameen. Wa Sallallahu
2: Ala Nabiya Muhammadu Alihi Wa Sahbihi During the process of Tawbah, brothers and sisters, we become more intimately acquainted with the mercy and compassion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the depth of his love for his servants, which helps us to stop stop seeing our relation our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as one of the one that is punitory, and you know, this this relationship between man and God is like Allah is gonna punish you. You know, I'm gonna get my right from Allah with you. You know, and I'm and I'm saying that because we do this often with we try to use Allah to instill fear and other people. And that's that's not the relationship that you want people to have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want people to see Allah as merciful and compassionate. I hope Allah has more mercy on you than you've had on me. That sounds better, doesn't it, than saying, you know, Allah is going to deal with you. But we're so in in our rage, and our pain, we're trying to, you know, transfer our pain onto Allah. And no matter how much you dislike this person, you can't force Allah's hand to do something to this individual. You don't know what this person has done in his life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may overlook what he did to you because of something great that he did that you don't know about. As the, the Bedouin who went into the masjid and urinated and the sahaba were going to do some physical harm to him. And when the Prophet explained to him that the masajid are not places for urination, defecation, these places are for salat, the remembrance of Allah, and the recitation of Qur'an. The man yelled and he said, Allahumma rahamni wa muhammadin wa la tarhamma ana He said, Oh Allah, have mercy on me and Muhammad and don't have mercy on nobody else. That's, that's basically what we do when we get angry. We say, you know Allah is going to deal with you. Basically Allah is going to have mercy upon me but He's going to punish you, right? The Prophet ﷺ told the man, Don't say that. You have made something that is so vast, so restricted. Don't do that. Don't say, May Allah have mercy on me and Muhammad, and don't have mercy on anyone else. You have made something that is so vast and expansive for everyone. Allah is Rahmatan He Here's a mercy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. Rahmatuhu wasiat That his mercy, it encompasses everything. Who are you to say who Allah is going to have mercy on and who Allah is not going to have mercy upon? What you should say is, I hope that Allah has more mercy on you than you've had on me. That is reverse psychology. You're trying to get the person, not stealing the mercy of Allah away from this person, but also getting them to understand that you hurt me. You see the difference in our language. When we speak we use a language of mercy and compassion Nonetheless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When we begin this journey of Tawbah and repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We become more acquainted With the mercy and the love And compassion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has for his servants This helps to foster a better relationship Between man and his creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He forgives you even before you commit the sin Did you know that? When you repent and you ask Allah to forgive you and Allah forgives you, He forgave you even before you committed the sin. Time doesn't affect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It affects us. Allah said, Don't curse time because I am time. Allah is the creator of time. It affects us. It doesn't affect Him. So when you say, Oh Allah forgive me and Allah forgives you, He forgave you even before you committed the sin, even before you uttered the words, Forgive me. That's how merciful he is, subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Allah says in the Qur'an about Adam. (laughs) And remember when your Lord said to the angels that I'm going to create on earth a vicegerent, a khalifa. But Adam wasn't created on earth. He was created in Jannah. So what did Allah mean when he said to the angels that I'm going to create on earth a vicegerent? Meaning Allah had already fast forward the process all the way up until Adam was put on earth. Meaning the process of Adam... Sinning, the process of Allah teaching Adam how to ask for forgiveness, the process of Adam asking for forgiveness, the process of Allah accepting his forgiveness, uh, accepting his repentance, right, and, and forgiving him had already happened. Allah fast forwarded all the way. As Ibn Qayyim تعالى, he said, undur, ke, undur ila rahmatillah, Adam Look at the mercy of Allah, how He forgave Adam even before He sinned. This conversation between Allah and the angels happened before Adam was even created Which means that Allah knew Adam was going to sin He knew he was going to teach him how to repent And he knew he was going to accept his repentance So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he forgives you He did so even before you asked him for forgiveness is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In addition to this, when you decide to repent The access to your journey of repentance is granted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Not by you when you decide to seek Allah's forgiveness, that is divine inspiration from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not from you. That's tawfiq from Allah. Allah guided you, granted you access to repent. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, ثُمَّ Allah <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Thumma Then Allah guided them to repent So they will repent Allah guided them to repent So they can repent And indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is Tawab ar rahim He is Tawab the off Turning, off returning To his servants ar Rahim, Most merciful Ibn Qayyim ta'ali said, to minhu He said, very profound words, he said that the Tawbah, the repentance of the servant, is in between the two repentances of Allah. That number one, Allah guides you to repent, and then you repent, and then Allah accepts your repentance. So, your repentance is in between the two Tobas of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, means to turn to you and to forgive you. And this is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al shay, al Akhiru wa laysa shay. Allah is the first, there's nothing before Him, and Allah is the last, and there's nothing after Him. He is the first, meaning He is the one that guides you to repent, and He is the last, meaning He is the one that after you repent to accept your repentance, there's nothing after Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah is the first and the last, He is He is the apparent and He is the unseen. He is the apparent and He is unseen. And it might seem like oxymoronic phrase that Allah, how can He be apparent and be unseen? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unseen in His essence that you can't see Him, but He is seen because you can see the traces of His existence and His creation, subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the scholars of the past, he said He said then I realized, he said that I used to think that you had to love Allah first before Allah loves you. He said, until I read the verse in the Quran where Allah says that soon will Allah replace you with a people whom He will love and they will love Him. He said, وَعَلَمْتُ عِنْدَ ذَٰلِكَ أَنَّ He said, and I knew from that verse that Allah is the one that loves first. Allah loves first. Many of us have to learn how to love Allah. Many of us have to learn how to love ourselves. You waiting on Allah, you waiting for, you know, only way Allah's going to love me if I love Him. You don't even know how to love you first, let alone love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah loves you first, until you find yourself. And some of us never do. Until you find yourself, because you can't love anyone else until you start with you. The Prophet ﷺ said that from you, from your iman, La hatta li ma li nafsi, that none of you truly believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. It starts with you first. You can't love for somebody else what you don't love for you if you don't know how to love for you. Many of us, we still let that phase in our lives, still wondering why this relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's relationship with God is just so rocky. You don't know how to love. You don't know how to love you, let alone love God, love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah initiates the love. He said, I used to think that you had to love Allah first. Before Allah loved you, until I read the ayat where Allah says, that soon will Allah bring about a people who He will love them and they will love Him. He said, and I learned after that ayat that Allah is the one that loves first. He said, <laughs> He said, I used to think that the servant had to turn in repentance to Allah first. He said until I read the ayah where Allah says ثُمَّ تَابَعَيْهِمْ And Allah turned to them in repentance so they could turn to Him in repentance. And I learned from that ayah that Allah is the one that turns toward His servant first. Allah is there waiting for us to repent. Can you imagine? You have a Lord that is sabur, that is patient. صَبِرَ He is patient, persevering, waiting for the servant to turn to Him in repentance. We have a Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala that if you came to Him walking, He comes to you running. That if you come to Him a hand span, He comes to you in arm's length. This is our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the one whom we serve subhanahu wa ta'ala. He Amen. said, and I used to think that you had to be pleased with Allah first before Allah would be pleased with you until I read the verse where Allah says, Allah <laughs> anhum Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him and I learned from that ayah that Allah is the one that is pleased with his servant first Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends his hand to the sinner as an incentive to repent the prophet sallallahu alaihi
1: wasallam said inna Allah yabsutu yadahu bil-layl liyatuba Masi asaa al-nahar wa yabsutu yadahu bil-nahar liyatuba Masi asaa al-layl hatta tatlu'
2: min maghribiha He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends His hand during the night so that those who sin during the day can repent. But we go home and go to sleep. We go to home and we're exhausted after partying all night. We go home exhausted after spending a night out on the town with someone that we're not married to. Allah is extending his hand at night so those who sin during the day can repent. And he extends his hand during the day so those who spend their nights in sin can repent. But we party all night and sleep all day. Get up at 12 and 1 and, you know, it's back to partying again. Letting the opportunities pass us by. But Allah is there patiently waiting for us to decide that we're going to repent. Until the sun rises from the west. Once that happens, there is no repentance. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said that it will do no soul any benefit to believe when the soul is departing from the body. It does no soul any benefit to believe then if you didn't believe before. Does no soul any benefit to repent? When you, had the, uh, you didn't repent, when you had the opportunities. So essentially, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is patiently waiting for us to repent, so that He can have mercy upon us. The point here, brothers and sisters, is for us to begin our journey back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Stop looking at the concept of repentance, of tawbah, as something that is a bad thing. Don't consider it an evil thing, rather consider it a good thing. And remember, every time you repent, you've now cleaned your slate. And you start on a new page The Prophet ﷺ said The person who repents from a sin Is like a person who never committed the sin to begin with Start on a new page with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today Make Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala From general things that you've done in your life And specific things that you have done Mention, some scholars say that you should mention your sins by name each and, each and every individual sin when you're repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And know that when you repent, the sin is gone. The Prophet sallallahu he said, and I'll end with this. He said, bi rajul yawm fayukalu, I'ridu alayhi sigara That a man will be brought in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yom al Show you how merciful Allah is. A man will be brought in front of Allah yom al And Allah will say, Show him his minor sins. Just the minor ones. Show him, bring out his records with all of his minor sins on those records. So the records will be brought out and all of his minor sins will be on there. And Allah will say, Hi, the major sins. Don't show him his major sins, just show him the minor sins. وكَدَ وكَدَ so the angels will begin to say to him, You did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. And while he's reading off his minor sins, he's in fear that if this is what is being done with my minor sins, I can't imagine what's going to happen when they bring out the record with my major sins on it. La ilaha illallah. Allah subhanahu wa taala says in, in the in the Quran, وترى المجرمين مشفقين من ما فيه. And you will see those who are sinful in fear of these records when they are brought out. They will say, ما and the sinner will say, What is this book? It recorded everything. No major or minor sin that I do, except that it recorded everything. What would you do, ما And you will find in that record everything that you did. So he's looking at his minor sins And he's in fear And he's in fear of the major sins And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to the angels Allah will tell the angels In place of every minor sin he committed Replace it with with a good deed For every minor sin he made Replace it with a good deed and this goes back to the ayat where Allah says that whoever makes Toba, you bet He will say to him Hasanat, He will change your bad deeds into good deeds, right? So he's still in fear of the major sins, and he says to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Ya Rabbi, Inna li ma araha hauna. He says, Oh Allah, I have other deeds, other sins that I committed, but I don't see them here. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started laughing as Abu Dhar was narrating the hadith. He said, I turned and saw the Prophet as he was narrating to us, and he was laughing so hard you could see his molar teeth. Why was the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam laughing? Because the human being, even though Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala is merciful, he's not even merciful to himself. If Allah didn't expose to you your major, your major sins, why are you exposing it? This is the human being. Have mercy on yourself, brothers and sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is too merciful to you. Here he is being, his minor sins being replaced with hasanat, with good deeds. And you're asking Allah, oh Allah, oh my Lord, there's other sins that I committed, I don't see them here. Why are you worried about the other sins? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave you for them. You don't even see them on your record. And we pray that Allah subhanahu
1: wa ta'ala forgives us for our major and minor sins. ربنا oh Allah, We have oppressed
2: ourselves much by committing sin. And if you don't forgive us and have mercy upon us, we will be amongst the wrongdoers. ربنا oh Allah, في الدنيا وفي We ask you for the good of this life and the good of the hereafter and to save us from the fire. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. وآخر الدعوان عن الحمد لله العالمين